Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt's favorite professional wrestler growing up was IRS. Hand to God, it was IRS. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know uh, where that comes from. It doesn't matter. If you're out there listening and you're wondering what he means by that, is it an inside joke? It's so inside that it's a one-man joke. I don't know what it means. But we're here to talk about all things sports, and this, Matt, is a great time for sports. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always think October is the best month, but April's up there. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Well, you've got the NFL draft starting tomorrow. The NBA playoffs are going on now. You've got the NHL playoffs. You've got yep. baseball in full swing. Yep, yep. And uh, if college football spring games were still going, it'd be perfect. Well, there's, there's still, I think, an isolated one or two. Most of them finished, I know, last weekend. And I, like the nerd that I am, did watch a fair amount of Georgia and Notre Dame and Alabama and LSU. Um, but, yeah, spring football's pretty much in the books. And, and uh, next, next time we see these guys, at least on TV, will be, uh, what, August 31st with the opening night. Yeah, when it matters. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start with the NFL draft. Last week, if you didn't catch it, was our quarterback preview, and I encourage you to go back because, I mean, come on. Nothing's changed. Yeah. It's still valid. Yeah. yeah. Our, our opinions are still the same. Apparently the league's opinions have changed, and Trubisky now could go number one, I heard today. If that yeah, happens, I, this, the whole thing is just a, a sham. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that, honestly. I, I feel like this is... What we get a lot of times with drafts when the number one pick is, you know, has been pretty obvious for a while is as things get closer, we start to hear, well, you know, and, and I and I just always feel like it's a little bit contrived entertainment. Um, you know, we, we, we love the suspense of who's going to be number one. And I don't think there really is much. Now, I could be wrong. You know, maybe there'll be a surprise. I mean, last year we knew. The Rams had pretty much told everybody who they were going to be taking when they made that trade up. Um, year before we knew, this year, it may be a little more doubt, but probably not. I think it's going to be Miles Garrett. Now, should it be is another question, but I think it's going to be. I mean, I think the biggest question on the quarterback front now is, will somebody try to get in front of the Jets to take Trubisky or yeah, Watson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've heard just in the last you know week or so, Various places that think the Jaguars might like Deshaun Watson. And I know, you know, I hadn't really heard the Jaguars associated with the quarterback until just the last few days. Um, you know, they've been lukewarm on Blake Bortles since the new regime has taken over. So maybe they will. That would be an interesting move for them. Um, you know, and, and then obviously that would start a chain reaction if he goes four. You know, you might have some teams. Uh, Tennessee would probably love that uh, because then they'd have everybody – clamoring to try to get up to that five spot you know if they got two or three teams that want Trubisky you know then there's going to be demand for it obviously and Tennessee can wind up with like four first round picks next year yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I know they want to trade down the popular one has been you know Cleveland moving up from 12 to go get Trubisky at five Uh, I've heard that projected a few different places but um, you know, it's always whenever you hear a trade talked about so much, you, it usually doesn't happen. It seems like, you know, like the trades that happen are the one, the ones that, you know, come out of nowhere. Like last year when the Rams made that deal, like, man, nobody, nobody saw the Rams moving up for number one and they did. Um, nobody really expected the Eagles to move up to number two and they did. So I don't know, you know, it'll be fun. It, it's, uh, it's always fun to see how it all shakes out after so many months of talking that, you know, tomorrow night we're going to finally start to put players with teams and, and uh, you know, figure out what's actually going to happen instead of what might happen. Well, and to your point about how the trade situation works, it does feel like we hear about the deal after the deal is dead. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, just seems like more and more now in sports in general, but especially with the draft, um, you know, when you when you hear these, you know, well, this deal might happen, it tends to not. Um, you know, I mean, I guess there was an exception to that today with the Seahawks and Raiders finally consummating the Marshawn Lynch trade. Um, but that one was one where it was almost, you know, it had to happen. Uh, you know, I mean, if he was going to come back, he was going to go there. And, you know, but whenever you hear for days and weeks about a trade, it seems like it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. 
That's for sure true. So, so we'll see. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, it'll it'll be interesting. Uh, sure seems like too, and I don't know if you're getting the same vibe that uh, Deshaun Kaiser is is uh, potentially going to be that guy who slips into round two, um, which is quite a change from where things were in January when people had him as maybe the top quarterback overall. Yeah, it, I am just at a loss for this Davis Webb rising. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I read something just a couple days ago. I can't. I think it might have been Peter King that, you know, had a, a mock draft and had Mahomes and, and Watson and Trubisky going and said, you know, Webb was the one who he wished he had put in the bottom of the first round. Didn't even mention Kaiser. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always funny how things – you know, seem to change. And then sometimes they, they don't sometimes when the real thing happens, then we look back and think, well, this is what we thought all along, you know, Webb goes in the third round and um, that's what we expected. So we'll see, you know, like I said, tomorrow night, we finally start getting some answers. Yeah. I have seen some momentum picking up on the Josh Dobbs as your project quarterback. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, with, with guys like that, especially, Uh, I always look for somebody like him who, you know, he was basically a four-year starter, three and a half, I think, you know, Um, you know, smart kid, you know, you heard the stories, he's, you know, engineering major and all those things. And, uh, you know, I think you and I followed him maybe closer than, than we normally would have because he was supposed to go to ASU and changed at the last minute to go to Tennessee. Uh, You know, so I followed his career, you know, one that never really got over that, that final hurdle. Like, it seemed like it was going to, and he never quite, you know, became the big-time great player you thought. But still, you know, productive four-year guy, you know, I'd take him over somebody who doesn't have that kind of experience like, a, you know, a Chad Kelly or somebody like that who, you know, uh, is, is kind of a wild card in this one. You know, he's got all the talent, probably got as much talent as anybody when it comes to quarterbacks, but so many red flags that go along with him. Well, you just got to hope you're – stadium and your practice facility aren't near a high school where you can punch a kid out i guess <laughs> or a bar where he can you know threaten to go in with a machine gun and shoot the place up or uh you know a college campus where he can you know get in trouble for a car accident and end up kicked off the team uh you know he's got he's got a list and then the injuries too you know torn acl and now a wrist injury um yeah i mean he you know again pure talent he might be as as talented as anybody in this draft, the quarterback. I mean, you watch him at his best, and there's not much he can't do, but there's just so many risks that go along with him. Let me ask you this. Jabril Peppers had the uh, diluted sample positive mm-hmm. test. Do you think that it matters anymore? No, I don't. Uh, I, I think we're, we're headed in the direction we probably already have gotten there without maybe saying it where, you know, the NFL is putting less emphasis on marijuana testing. And I think it wouldn't surprise me if within a few years they don't test for marijuana. Um, and, you know, I think that's kind of the way society's going, uh, not to get into big picture stuff. But um, and I think the NFL is going in that direction, too. I, you know, too many, too many examples of a guy getting suspended for a year for a, you know, a weed test and getting suspended four games for domestic violence. And that, that contrast has really been in the public eye the last maybe three or four years. So no, I don't think it matters that much. Um, you know, like, you know, do you factor it in? Yeah. You factor in everything. I mean, these, these scouts and and front office guys, they look at every single thing. So it, it factors, but yeah, I don't think it's that big a deal. Do you? I don't. I, I, I'm glad you brought up the fact that it's drifting away from that because it gets to a broader point that I was going to use Martavis Bryan as the example of. A, yeah. They just quietly reinstated him today and said that yep. he has to continue going through treatment programs and, and counseling and whatnot. But, you know, this is the same argument that I've heard about Major League Baseball and all pro sports, and I think it's valid that if these states, if it's legal in the state, right. now granted federally right. it's still illegal and – Right. You know, given some of the things our new, new-ish attorney sure. general has said, it seems like they're not willing to just concede the way the Obama right. administration was, that, you know, we're not going to look at this and the states can choose. And right. I'll save you my, you know, <laughs> ranting on that one way or the other. But Gotcha, gotcha. But it's interesting because as more and more states go this way, 
you're now going to punish guys for something that isn't a crime. Right, right. And, yeah, you know. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. You know, you and I have talked about this over the years. Um, it, you know, it's just, um, you know, it seems like the the punishments just don't fit the crime, you know. And, and as you said, in some, way, in some places, uh, it's not considered a crime. You know, if you're a Bronco player, if you're a Seahawk player, I know there's some other states now that have joined that. They were the first two. Um, you know, it's not. And, and so, I, yeah, I just don't, I mean, you know, to me, the biggest, and I, I've said this for years when it comes to guys failing drug tests, the biggest red flag of that is, are you that stupid? Uh, you know, I mean, like it's, it's not what you did. It's the fact that, boy, you know, you're going to the combine now. Okay. His agent says he's been sick. And you know, if we want to take that at face value that he just, you know, was dehydrated and drank a lot. And that's why his sample came back that way. That could be true. I don't know. But if you think, you know, okay, he was smoking weed, the biggest problem I have with that is just like, boy, can't you stop for a few days before you're about to go to the, you know, biggest job interview of your life, really? Like, it just seems like you, you should be able to. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing where, you know, you wonder, I remember that guy Castillo who wound up going to the Chargers where yeah. he just came out and said, yeah. I did. I'm sorry. I, I right, was trying to right. rehab and it wasn't working. So I did it. And yeah, you know, yeah. and it I didn't mean, and, impact and him at all, really. No. And, and now, I mean, with that, you get into and this is a notion that's been populated a lot lately. You know, the the um, pain relief uh, aspect of, of marijuana that I think will will come into play, especially in such a physical sport that's really, you know, going extra mile to at least appear uh, that they care about player safety and health and all that, um, you know, boy, I mean, if this is something that can help a guy, you know, or, or a lot of guys, then why are we closing the door on it? Why are we making it, you know, illegal in the eyes of the sport? It probably shouldn't be. So there's a whole lot to discuss with that. But but ultimately, no, I don't I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, I think that, you know, the bigger question with Peppers is, you know, what position does he play, uh, you know, depending on your defense is he an undersized linebacker? Is he a safety? Can he, you know, can he cover man to man? You know, those those things are going to matter a lot more, I think. Well, what I what I've thought about Peppers is when you look at the the money Micah Hyde got and the way the Packers used Hyde last year, that yeah. seems to be the right role for him. A guy who's a slot corner slash linebacker slash safety in the box, like yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean. You know, I think um, a comparison I've heard for him, and obviously I've heard it a more, you know, being here, is, is Dayon Buchanan. And I think another guy who kind of played a similar role this year um, with the Redskins, I believe, was Sua Cravens, who we talked about a lot last year. You know, kind of that, that hybrid linebacker safety that's coming into the game. I mean, the Rams do it with Mark Barron now. You know, I think with, with uh, so many offenses spreading you out, running backs who can catch passes, tight ends who can catch passes, Having that, you know, linebacker who's really not a linebacker, but he plays linebacker, it's it's a it's a benefit to you, and and I think you know, a guy like him certainly seems to fit that. Well, especially with the pedigree of he can catch the ball if it hits him in the hands, he right. can tackle, he can run. You yeah, know. yeah, and at the very least, you figure you know he's a he's a return man. I mean, I know he had success doing that in college. Um, you know, now, not that you want to use a you know top 20 pick on a guy who's primarily a returner, but then again, I mean, if he can have that sort of impact, uh, you know, you do that, you know, I mean, I think, I think looking back, I mean, if you asked, you know, a lot of teams, would they have used a top 20 pick on Devin Hester? Probably. He never really found a position on offense or defense consistently, but the impact he had over the years, he was probably worth it. Yeah, well, I mean, and you think about, to go with the character issue question and, and Joe Mixon, uh, yeah. the, the guy on the Chiefs last year who... Right, right, know, yeah. Uh, Blanky got his name. What was his name? Tyreek Hill. Yeah, where you've got yes. the, you know, you've got probably a first-round production out of him just in the return yeah. game alone. Right, right, yeah. I mean, just, the, just those plays and then the gadget plays. I mean, he wasn't really a... A conventional offensive player yet, um, but did, did it matter? I mean, the, the impact he had was huge, and and you know, of course, as you mentioned him in association with Mixon, that's always it's interesting to me because I remember when that pick was made and hearing you know a lot of the 
the protests that were going on in Kansas City about, oh, how could you pick this guy? And boy, by week 10 or 11, 12, they, you know, they were chanting his name at Arrowhead Stadium. So uh, if you're good, we'll find a way to forgive your transgressions. That's off subject, but certainly he brings that to my mind. No, I mean, and it's something that we've discussed multiple times as a broader yeah. team in sports. If, if you do the bad thing while you're still having a productive career, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, at least we're, the fan we're base willing to let it slide a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I guess the last thing I would say is the NFL's never going to go back to the two-day weekend draft model nah. and, and make you stay up, make you get up early, make you stay up all day and and pay attention. Right. Do you right. think that there is any chance that the NFL is going to cut back on the number of draft days from being a full weekend? Because No, I do not. Do you? I just wonder about the oversaturation of the product in general. Well, you're right about that. And and I have I was gonna say, because I, I thought you were gonna take it in the direction of do you do you think they'll continue to expand the draft? Because I know that was discussed, you know. Somewhat in jest, but somewhat not, you know, years ago, you know, boy, soon enough, we're going to have a seven night draft where they have, you know, one round per night. Uh, I don't see that. I, I think you've seen some instances of the NFL realizing that they're overreaching a bit. And the draft is a great one because what was it? Three years ago, you know, the draft moved to Mother's Day weekend and it was, well, we, you know, we want to have maybe, you know, and it didn't work. You know, there was a lot of pushback. People didn't like it. People felt that it was just too long to wait. Um, and slow, you know, really without ever acknowledging it, they pulled the plug on that experiment. Um, so I don't see they'll change it, but no, I don't I don't see them going backward either. I think this, this you know, format has worked well for them. Um, you get the Thursday night prime time spot for round one, and then you can build up prime time for round two. You know, who's going to, who's left, who's going to go, and, uh, you know, so you get kind of a double whammy and then you get the Saturday all day for the, for the diehards basically. Yeah. Well, it, a thing that's interesting today that, you know, ties sort of into the draft and, and the NFL's relationship with ESPN and, and ESPN's yeah. role at all in all things is ESPN cut a hundred people from Man. their staff, including, you know, names that to me are you know, in the Pantheon, Ed Werder, Jason Stark. Yeah, synonymous with ESPN. That's exactly what I thought when I, you know, I mean, for for you and I, we've grown up with, you know, Ed Werder doing football for ESPN and Jason Stark doing baseball for ESPN. So that, those were shockers. Yeah. And then as a Pac-12 fan, I I saw that they let go Ted Miller, which is stunning to me. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the the college writers, that seemed to take a big hit, yeah. Well, they also cut Chantel Jennings, which... They did. You know, they did. They, I saw they that. basically went from having four Pac-12 writers to two, and they cut the youngest and the most seasoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like college really took the biggest hit. I know they cut um, Jeff Goodman and Dana O'Neill, who were two of their, you know, big national college basketball writers. Well, they um, cut Eamon Brennan, who did the bubble watch. Yes, right, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, I, I think I saw um, one of the Big Twelve guys, Max Olson. I think got let go. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of the college and recruiting people. Brett McMurphy, I saw, is gone. Um, so yeah, yeah, some some stunners. Um, you know, I'd heard for a while that this was supposed to be coming, but you know, you don't you don't expect to hear some of the names that that we ended up hearing. Yeah, I mean, and then like on a personal level. I watched that morning Sports Center AM with Jamie Sire, and that yeah. is, that's shocking to gone. me. You know, I saw that too. And Jay Crawford gone. And, you know, he'd been there a long time, dating back to the the days of cold pizza before first take, which just even a screaming about things. Uh, you know that that not that that show was great because it wasn't. Um, but yeah, just a lot of a lot of names that you know have become long time associated with ESPN that won't be there anymore i guess so i guess i have a broader question espn has all of these deals and and for the live sports fan you me will will be there i'll i'll be on cable until the end because it's my only way sure but my question is 
will ESPN fundamentally change in a way that it will either be live sports or, you know, something that we're not seeing now, just 30 for 30s and things like that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, You know, I mean, uh, it's hard to say because, I I, I mean, I would would say probably, you know, 10 years ago, if you and I talked, and and we did, um, you know, would we have anticipated all these different ways of that people watch television, quote unquote now? You know, I mean, when, when we were in high school and college to watch TV, you watched it on TV. You had cable or satellite. Satellite was like cutting edge, you know, you had direct TV or whatever. Um, that was it. You know, you, you, there was no um, Apple TV and Sling TV and, and, you know, watching shows on Amazon and Netflix and um, so it's hard to say where it's going. Obviously, ESPN, you know, they they got people that are making big money that are going to have to try to figure that out and and see where it's going. Live sports, you're right. I mean, you know, that's that's not going anywhere. But the rest of it alongside sports, I don't know. I'm not sure what the future holds. Well, and the, the thing that is interesting to me that, that I'm having to think about now is – ESPN's deal obviously is tied into the cable companies and they get it, you know, right. from that you read in the James Miller book, a significant yeah. chunk of their revenues generated from the charges to the cable companies. Yeah. And for people who weren't sports fans, it was just a thing that was a part of your package. You didn't really have a choice. Right. And so those people are now cutting the cord where even if I will always be there, because yeah. I will always want to make sure that if ASU football is on, I'm seeing it, or if the Packers <laughs> sure, are on, sure. I'm seeing it. Without a doubt. You know, you're now facing this new direction where there aren't enough diehards to make sure the cable model survives. And, you know, obviously no, I agree. HBO and the networks are going with that a la carte option. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you have to think that one thing ESPN will have to do soon enough is is continue to evolve the watch espn app which i mean at least from my understanding of it to use it you have to subscribe to a provider that has espn that's how i get it you know i sign in with my you know direct tv password um they need to probably make it where you can do that without subscribing like what hbo has done i believe you know they you you pay a fee and you can get hbo go you may not get hbo on tv but you can still watch the hbo product that's that's probably a place they'll go, I would I would guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you're kind of putting people on the honor system with... Yeah. Because, but HBO has the same thing. They've got HBO Go sure. and HBO Now. And if you subscribe sure. to HBO, you get one for free. And if right. you don't, you can buy the other for whatever it is, exactly, 15 bucks yeah. a month. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, you're, you're right. Live sports are still a, a commodity... Um, that's why, you know, ESPN and, and TNT and the networks, you know, pay so much to the leagues for the right to broadcast these games. I mean, you can't, you can't say that's a, you know, an at risk business right now. It's not. Um, but the rest, uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's interesting because we've had the advent of so many sports channels in the last 20 years. I mean, again, I go back to when we were kids, there was. There were no um, sports-specific channels except Golf Channel, and that was barely off the ground. You know, there were no uh, conference channels. There were no, you know, school-specific channels like Texas has. I mean, it's amazing how it's how it's grown, um, and yet, you know, I'm not sure there's the appetite to support it for that long. Well, I mean, and there was the question of whether ESPN could survive having a second network. Right, right, right. The the deuce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there was no, you know, there was no NBC Sports, CBS Sports, Fox Sports 1 and 2. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing the options now that you have, you know, if you want to watch sports or or sports coverage. Um, But but uh, at the same time, you're right. I mean, you know, so many people are going away from the traditional cable and satellite. I'm not one of them. I'm I'm old school in that regard. I think maybe we're at the tail end of the generation of people who, who you know, still live by cable and satellite. Um, maybe people five years younger than us are more adventurous. Uh, but you know, a lot of a lot of people are going in that direction. Young people, especially, and you know, I, I mean, 
we took mass com research classes. The young younger people are the are the target audience a lot of times, and if if they're tuning out, uh, you know, people are going to start to react. Yeah, I mean, there is that nicheification of sports watching and of all watching yes. now. Um, and, and you know, it's funny because with the local blackout rules and things. Right. You have, you know, like even with the NBA playoffs right now, when the Bucks game is on NBA TV, I have it locally blacked out on NBA TV, and I get the Bucks feed. Which really, is, yeah, which yeah. is which fun. makes sense, I guess. It's fine, but it's interesting because it, you know, the league broadcast can afford to do that. The ESPN broadcast could never afford to have me locally no. blacked out. You know. No, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just different, you know. And, and uh, again, I think you know nobody uh, knows quite where it's headed because nobody, I think, really foresaw that this was where we'd be with TV. I mean, I sure, I certainly did not. I mean, when we graduated college, which wasn't that long ago, seems like it, it kind of is, but it really wasn't. You know, so many of these things. If you had said, you know, well, you know. But in 10 years' time, people will be watching TV, you know, on their iPads. First of all, I'm not sure iPads existed at that point, but even if they did, you know, they'll be watching TV. They won't be cable or satellite subscribers, though, but they'll be able to watch channels and, and shows and be like, well, how, how does that work? I mean, you know, it was a foreign concept not too long ago. Yeah, they'll be able to watch on their phone. That'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's wild, you know. I mean, if you think about, and I know I'm going to sound old here, but... You know, you just think about what phones were when we were kids. Phones were, you talk to people. That's it. And mm-hmm. and now they're, they're such, uh, you know, put all devices. Uh, we get we get information. I mean, I do it. Uh, you know, there's there's times I don't even go to my computer to look things up. I just look it up on my phone. I don't have to get off the couch. Well, and you think, I mean, I don't know if you watch Silicon Valley, and I'm not spoiling a, a major premise of the show <laughs> by saying this, but in the season premiere, there was the scene where Richard is commenting on, you know, we put a man on the moon with a computer that was less powerful than your phone. Yeah, that's in your yeah. pocket. And you're, yeah. you know. It, it's, I mean, it's amazing now what, you know, and, and just, just seeing too, I mean, I observe this at times, you know, how, how uh, when people have, you know, five minutes to kill, everybody pulls out their phone. Uh, you know, it's universal. You know, you go to a place, a restaurant or, or a bar or whatever, you know, and everybody's on their phone. I mean, and, and sometimes I even think, what did we used to do when we were bored for 10 minutes? When, you know, our, our either we didn't have a phone in our pocket or if we did, all we could do was call people. We couldn't send texts. We couldn't look at Twitter. We couldn't watch videos. Uh, I mean, you know, again, I, I sound like an old man. I know it. But it's kind of amazing, you know, how much we rely on it nowadays. It's crazy. Yeah. Here would be a point, again, anyone interested, pivot to an ad, talk about whatever you want. We talk about your family, talk about your business, talk about, (laughs) you know, that you make good sheets, that you sell things, whatever it is you need. Yeah. That's what we could do. But no one cares. So, alas, we're going to just pivot without it, without sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, to the NBA playoffs. And it's been a, it's been interesting. The Cavs went yeah. Cavs. James Harden got out of the first round. So things are good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the Cavs and Warriors have been the presumed finals all season. And, and they both swept through the first round. The Warriors did it in easier fashion than the Cavs did. Um, and it feels like the Cavs will probably, if they do get to the finals, will play two more series much like that, I don't think they'll sweep them. But, you know, they're they're not a dominant group. Um, but hard to see anybody in the East, at least from what I can see so far, beating them four times. Beating them once or twice, sure. Um, four times out of seven, I'm not sure I can see that. So, um, you know, we've never seen a finals matchup three years in a row. Right now, it's sure hard to see an outcome different than that, but that's the beauty of it. You know, uh, things happen, weird things come up, come to pass and maybe somebody pulls a big upset that we're not seeing right now. Yeah. I mean, one thing that's interesting about the Warriors specifically is they're doing this without Kerr on the bench yeah. and, and, yeah. and his system is so good that they've just turned JaVale McGee into a thing again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 
it's going to be interesting. And as as somebody who you know, I'm not a I'm not a Warriors fan. I'm not a U of A fan, as as well established. But I do like Steve Kerr. Always have. I went to his basketball camp when I was a kid. I, you know, he played for the Spurs, and um, you know, great guy. Really, really, always seemed like one of the most genuine people. You know, that was famous that you could ever run into. So I, I feel for him. I, I mean, it's a it's a horrible thing that's gone on with him the last couple of years, and you know, you just have to wonder if he's going to be able to keep doing this because from the stories you read, even since he came back last year and all years year this has been a real grind on him physically. And, uh, you know, you, you don't think of a coach physical grind, but I think he's gone through it. Well, it's interesting because the other coach that pops immediately to mind when you think of that is Phil Jackson. Right, who, right. you know, on some level now it seems like the game passed him by, but at the time yeah. when he was in his prime, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't sit in a normal chair. Couldn't but sit in a normal chair, exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but it... I mean, it sounds like Kurz is, uh, you know, first of all, I mean, and he said this, you know, boy, it, it sure scares you off from ever wanting to have back surgery if you've got a bad back. I mean, he said, you know, I would I would discourage anybody from ever having surgery on their back because it's just been a, a mountain of problems and, you know, headaches and nausea and things that have come of this. And, I mean, it's kind of amazing he's been able to do the job at all when you read some of the things he's gone through. Um, so you just wonder what his future holds in that regard. Uh, I hate to see that for him because, you know, he finally got this opportunity after, you know, the GM time here where he kind of lost a power struggle and, and, you know, things never quite went the way I think he wanted to here gets this opportunity wins the title as a rookie coach. And you think he's, you know, headed for great things and, and, uh, who knows now, you know, if, if he has a future in this business. Yeah. Well, you've got the Cavs and the Warriors lined up to face each other, and the race for second place in each uh, conference is exciting. It is. It is. I mean, yeah, I think um, knock wood if the Spurs can win one more over the Grizzlies. Uh, a Spurs-Rocket series I think would be really fun based on their regular season meetings, which were all very close. Uh, Harden and Leonard was, was just some great matchups, and some of the you know highlight plays of the year were by the two of them against each other and and so you know i would i would sign up to watch six or seven games of those i don't i don't know if the winner can can beat golden state especially if they come off a grueling series um but it'd be fun to watch in the moment that's for sure yeah well and, and golden state uh, a blakeless clippers or a yeah. or utah or Who's a, a full strength utah Do, yeah i mean they're good but know. i just don't think that either of them pose a real no. threat to the warriors no, I mean I'm I'm hoping Utah can win that series only because it feels like the Warriors just own the Clippers. I mean they don't just beat them; they crush them every time they play, and uh, I think that would be a four game sweep, and it might not be close. They the Warriors seem to play with an edge that that they reserve for just the Clippers when those two teams meet up, and and they just crush them. So, and especially without Blake Griffin who once again is missing the playoffs. It feels like we've probably had this conversation, you know, seven times. Um, uh, can't stay healthy, it seems like. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Jazz could challenge them a little. Um, can they push them to seven games? I, I doubt it. Maybe six. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think the Warriors have a pretty easy pass to the conference finals. Where the you know where then it'll get tougher. I mean, against San Antonio or Houston, I think they'll have a a, a big challenge. But I, it's still hard to see anybody beating them right now. Let me ask you: Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks have any chance to sign Chris Paul this offseason? I don't. If he wants to win a title, don't the yeah. Bucks feel like an elite point guard away from being just yeah, a real big yeah. threat? But I, I mean. I think Chris Paul, you know, and I don't know him. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to play, you know, uh, media personality here. I mean, Chris Paul is, he's been in LA for a lot of years now. Um, and he's become a, you know, a, an endorser, you know, you see his face on TV a lot. I don't know if I see him going to Milwaukee. Uh, honestly, I think he'll stay in LA. Um, there's more, you know, the most uh, money by far is there. I mean that's what right. the that's what the whole right. new C, uh, CBA and, was designed to do was yes. get Chris Paul more money. Exactly, and and this this notion that the Clippers are going to tear it apart, 
I don't see it. Um, you know, I mean, I, first of all, you have to ask yourself, if you tear it down, who can you get to replace that's going to make you remain relevant? Because look at what's happened with the Lakers. I mean, the, the Lakers have history and brand and all that, but they've slipped in terms of relevance a bit. But they're always the Lakers. The Clippers are not. And what's kept the Clippers relevant the last five to ten years is being pretty good. They haven't been to the conference finals. They haven't, you know, obviously been to the finals or won a title. But they're pretty good. They're entertaining. Uh, Steve Ballmer's got a lot of money in that franchise. I don't see them deciding, you know what, let's just tear it down and start from scratch. Doc Rivers, you're gone. Chris Paul, go away. Blake Griffin, go away. It just doesn't make sense to me. Now, maybe one of those three goes. Uh, and you try to, you know, rebuild, uh, you know, on the fly, but to do a long-term, you know, Philadelphia 76ers-esque rebuild uh, doesn't make any sense. I don't think a long-term rebound, but I think that at a minimum you're going to see Doc, if, you know, if they wind up losing to the Jazz or yeah. or getting yeah. swept by the Warriors, I think you're going to see right. Doc at least have to give up control. Probably, probably, which is probably the right thing to do anyway. Um, I, you know, I, that's a hard thing for any coach in any sport to, to be responsible for being the coach and the personnel guy. I just think it's, it's really tough, um, you know, because it's two competing philosophies, you know, the personnel guy is supposed to look toward the future, build a plan. The coach is supposed to look right at the present and tell these guys, you can get the job done. Whereas the personnel guy has to tell a guy, you can't get the job done. It's hard to both of those things. Um, so I, I, it's probably for the best if they go that route. Um, and I think Blake Griffin, maybe you decide to, to move on from him and, you know, let him, you know, explore the, the territory elsewhere. Um, but I think Chris Paul ends up back there to me. It just makes too much sense for them to, to stay married to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you, do you think, who do you think's left that can give the Warriors the best series? Is it just Cleveland? I think it's Cleveland, uh, based on, based on, in a lot of ways, LeBron. I mean, it, you know, it's it's easy to say that, but I mean, he just submitted another epic playoff series against Indiana, and it's the first round, and Indiana was the seventh seed, and but I mean, just that the, you know, the amount of of series that this guy has had in his career, where they're just they're unbelievable. I mean, it's it's crazy. He's in his you know 14th year in the NBA. He's been in the playoffs 12 years in a row, and he just keeps doing it without much sign of slowdown. And I'm not sure we're appreciating it enough in the moment, but I think we will eventually. Yeah, it's it's a special kind of run he's on. It is. It is. I mean, I, you know, I know it's sacrilegious to ever say that anybody can be as good as Jordan. And, and, you know, unless you have six titles, you can't be as good as Jordan. I'm not sure I buy that. Um, you know, it's different. His career is different. It's a different arc. Um, well, I think he's, he's been in that to every final. Every yeah. final. <laughs> every final, yeah. Seven finals, six in a row. Um, you know, again, it's just it's just different. Everybody's career is, is a little bit different. And, you know, his is different, Jordan's. I mean, how do you compare? Jordan took two years off or a year and a half. You know, LeBron hasn't. LeBron's been grinding every year. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, when it, when it's solid, said and done and his career's over, we can have that conversation of how they measure up. To me, he is on par in the discussion at the very least with, you know, with Jordan, with Magic, um, uh, you know, as the best players of our lifetime, I think. Oh, I agree. You know, I mean, I... I, you know, I know, again, there's people who will say, you know, well, I've got my, I mean, Barkley, I know has been, I've got my top five and nobody's ever going to change that top five. Like, I mean, it's hard to evaluate a guy mid-career and he's still in the prime of his career. But man, I mean, if he, if he quit this year, I don't think he's gonna, to me, he's already one of the six or seven best ever. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So that's a long answer to your question, but the short answer is, yeah, I think Cleveland, um, just based on what they did last year and the you know the battles. But uh, again, I think San Antonio or Houston can keep it interesting. Houston with their three point shooting, if they get hot, they can beat anybody. Can they do it four times in seven games? I don't know, uh, but it'd be fun to see if they could. Yeah, 
And on the college basketball front, you've got ASU just adding transfers upon transfers upon transfers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, there's, there's not, uh, you know, neither of those names um, that came out this week are, are names I've even heard of. I'm not going to pretend I've, you know, I've, I've kept up with these two and I know what they can do. I, I don't. Um, yeah, all I know at this point is, you know, a couple more bodies to add to the fold as, as we talked about via text, the frustrating part is both are ineligible next year. So they don't help us in the immediate future, but hopefully they can help, you know, down the road. So the guys who they added was Zylan Cheatham and Rob Edwards, uh, Edwards, a shooting guard from, uh, Cleveland state and Cheatham from San Diego state, but grew up in Phoenix. I believe that he played with Mike Bibby's kid. Um, ah, did he? Okay, okay. Who's also looking Shadow to transfer. And Is he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He yeah, announced okay. he's transferring. There was a story somewhere about, about how both Cheatham and Bibby should have gone to Grand Canyon. Um, ah, I see. Where Casey Benson is now, apparently. Yeah. Which is a surprise when you leave a Final Four team to go to Grand Canyon. That's a bit unconventional. Yeah, although Grand Canyon's making the tournament right now next year, I'm calling it. Well, yeah, as and, a conference and I suppose, champion, <laughs> uh, and and Oregon's not a Final Four team anymore because we we talked in the immediate aftermath of the tournament. Boy, if they could hang on to their guys, well, they didn't hang on to any of them. They they had a mass exodus to the pros. Yeah, yeah, they they all saw the the dollar signs and they took it. But yes, yes. ASU's got one more scholarship to offer, and they're bringing in uh, a guy named Bragg from uh, Kansas, who was a McDonald's All-American and a top Are they? Interesting. He's yeah, he was in some transfer. trouble at Kansas, I believe, wasn't he? He was, and he's now leaving Although, the so program. was half that team yeah. last year, so I, that doesn't really narrow down. But he's, interesting, I hadn't heard that. He's leaving the program. He's coming for a visit this weekend to Tempe. So if you're listening and you're in Tempe and you see a tall guy yeah. wearing red, white, and blue Kansas stuff. <laughs> That's probably him. Yeah, so maybe tell him why ASU's good. Plus, wouldn't yeah. it be fun, uh, not next year, but in two years when Kansas comes right. to Wells Fargo Arena for him and Cunliffe to both get dueling technical fouls. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I did not know that. I mean, I remember the name being one that uh, I think he might have been in trouble two different times, if I remember correctly, at Kansas last year. But but he came back both times and stayed, you know, part of the team. Um, Yeah. Okay. I'll have to I'll have to read more up on that. I missed that story. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think – I'm asking you to project way into the future. Will the 942 okay. crew be ready for Sam Cunliffe with signs and chants and things like that? I mean, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. Now, I guess the wild card with this is, you know, will Sam Cunliffe still be at Kansas? I mean, uh, he's, he's uh, you know, he's eligible next year, right, halfway through the year? Yeah. Um, if he has a great year – or even, you know, I mean, we're seeing guys go to the draft that, you know, it's mind-boggling. So, uh, as long as he's still on the team, yeah, I think they will be. And and uh, I hope so. You know, I mean, I, we talked about it in the immediate aftermath of that, and I expressed sympathy for the kid being homesick. Uh, to see him transfer to Kansas really washed away that sympathy because Kansas, uh, I you know, I'm not a geographer, but it's further away from Washington than Arizona is. Um, it's so a lot it easier to like get a direct just, flight Seattle yes, to Phoenix. Yes, it is. Phoenix so. to Seattle to go home, yeah, than it is from Lawrence uh, or even Kansas City probably. Uh, so, yeah, my sympathy for him went out the window. I think he left for greener pastures. Um, you know, can I blame him if you have the choice between ASU and Kansas and all things are equal? No, you go to Kansas. But he commits to ASU and then takes off after, you know, a month. Not even that of the season. That was That was tough. Well, and I'm inclined to believe that the Kansas opportunity was on the table ahead of time. Probably, or at least, you know, I mean, look, if he wanted to play for a big-time power program, he could have. I don't know if Kansas specifically recruited him, but I'm sure he could have gone to, uh, you know, UCLA, Kansas, uh, you know, uh, Indiana, you know, whatever, Michigan State. I mean, he was a very highly regarded recruit. He chose to go to Arizona State and then bolted – before we ever got to, you know, January of his freshman year, 
Uh, again, when, when I heard, you know, I'm homesick, all right, you know, I'll, I'll empathize with you on that one. I, you know, I've lived in Arizona my whole life, have no desire to live anywhere else. But when you say you're homesick and then you go further away from home, that seems hypocritical. It makes it seem like you were a liar. Um. Yes, it does. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to dispute that. I mean, I'm sure he probably would, but I don't know that I would believe his explanation. So my boss has a, has a great saying that you can't misrepresent your present intention. And so maybe <laughs> he presently in- intended that he was homesick and wanted to be closer to home. And then later it changed. I don't yeah, believe yeah. that, but yeah, it's possible. No. I mean, I, I, I guess that's probably a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know the kid's situation and, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I was I was willing to probably be more sympathetic than most fans would be when I first heard, you know, he wanted to leave because he really, you know, felt like he was missing being home in the Seattle area. Uh, you know, I, I felt for the kid. I really did. We talked about it. Um, but it kind of left me when I heard he was going to Kansas because, you know, yeah, again, hey, do I blame him for wanting to play at Kansas? No, it's one of the best programs in the entire country. But then just go there out of high school. Don't make commitment to Arizona State and leave, you know, when the first time gets tough. Yeah. Well, I hope he's happy, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, hey, I I, uh, I wish him the best of luck, you know, but I say that uh, not really genuinely. Well, for the, for the players who stayed home and stayed true – it's going to be a, a completely new group outside of the point guard uh, trio. So Yes, yes. <laughs> Bobby Hurley's going to have his work cut out for him. I'm excited about the scheduling he's doing. And it's one of those things where instead of building the program uh, slow growth and trying to pace ourselves, I love the idea of like, no, 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 we'll just play anybody in the non-conference who's willing to play us. We'll go wherever we have to go. And... You know, I'm yeah, going to recruit talented yeah. guys who want to be on TV. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, he, he is not to uh, back down from scheduling challenges, um, which I like. You know, again, I, it, it bit us last year. Um, but, I noticed that he's not you know, going to New York and the Bahamas this year. So which is which is smart. Yeah, I think, the you know, he even made that comment last December that the travel, you know, three trips east – um, was a lot, you know, and it is, I mean, there, there's no doubt. Um, so, you know, a little smarter, play your neutral site games in, you know, Vegas and LA, obviously that's, uh, you know, an easier travel schedule. Um, if we want to believe in the myth of the student athlete, that's better for them and going to classes, things like that. Uh, I don't really believe that, but I'm sure some people do and we'll say they do. Um, so, you know, all in all, it's probably better, but still playing some good teams, which I like, you know, and, and, uh, Going to Kansas will be a great challenge. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you're not going to play in a tougher place than at Kansas. I don't know that one exists in the entire landscape. Maybe Duke is on par with that. Yeah. Well, these are guys who, you know, no matter how their experience ends, for, uh, you know, Trey Holder, Cody yeah. Justice, they will have played in Rupp Arena. Yeah. You know, they will have traveled to Kansas. They will have traveled to Kentucky. Yeah. They'll have played in New York, in Madison Square Garden. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're getting Pretty their impressive. money's worth. I, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, four four trips to, well, I mean, four trips to McHale, what, maybe three to, to Pauley Pavilion. I mean, yeah, for, for a, you know, four-year college guy to, to play at, you know, UCLA, Arizona, Kansas, Kentucky, Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, Staples Center, uh, that's that's pretty solid. Yeah, you're getting to see, you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, yeah, you know, so I like that. I mean, I, I love that we're playing Kansas. Um, are we, you know, very likely to get humbled? Sure. Um, but, you know, the home and home is great. I mean, I love that we went to Kentucky and that we played them in the Bahamas. But, you know, to get a program like Kansas to come to our place is such a coup and we've talked about it for years and years and years and, and we finally have it coming true i leave you with my parting thought matt in the Jer- right. in a jerry springer-esque move um espn has just let go the number one pack 12 writer ted miller 
Right. Who lives in Scottsdale, which is next to Tempe. Right. Which is where ASU is, whose beat reporter is currently covering the Suns. True. I, I mean, I'm no genius. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you yeah. put two dots next to each other, I can draw the line between them. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, um, I think Haller wants to go back to ASU. Um, but, you know, is he is he so steadfast in it that uh, that he, you know, would, would refuse to stay with the Suns? I don't know. If they if they said, hey, we're going to hire somebody to cover ASU, uh, you know, we need you to stay with the Suns, you know, your boss says so. Sometimes you have to do it. You and I both know that. So, um, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I don't or know. let's that, just that jump Metcalf up. all the way to the Suns and let Haller and well, Miller yeah. both cover ASU. <laughs> you know, that would be OK with me. Uh, because I'm not a Suns fan and I don't follow Suns coverage, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset with that. But seeing as I didn't do that this year, I'm guessing that's probably not in the cards. Well, I can dream. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes, yes. Uh, we do miss Doug Haller. If he's out there listening, you know, getting his getting his uh, you know fill of ASU sports, and he's listening to random ASU related podcasts, and he made it 50 minutes into this one. Uh, we miss you, Doug, and we want you back. Doug Haller, you have a standing invitation to come on this. Whenever you That's want, right. you can That's just, right. just get in touch with us, have your people call me directly because I have no people. Yes, um, yes, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, you know, I expressed those sentiments to his face. I'm not saying anything out of, out of school here, but I will tell him if he's, if he's out there, we miss him still, and we want him back. Well, on that little bit of a down ender. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Hopefully we're going to get it back soon. Then it's a then it's a positive. Yeah, then it's hopeful and optimistic. Right, but right. Enjoy the draft, enjoy the NFL doing its late spring renaissance. That's right. And we'll yeah. talk all about it next week. Until then, he's Matt, I'm Ben, Archie's the dog. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.